0: I get up, oh yeah, oh yeah, can I get it up? What's up, enterprisers? Welcome to another episode of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we shape the mindset of the high achiever to think like an entrepreneur. We talk with masters of the craft to get the cheat codes to success, helping elite enterprisers level up and maximize their brand. I'm your host, Elsie, the mayor, now let's get to it. All right, folks, we have Bullet Oxet with us with from JotForm. I'm super excited about this conversation. It's a little bit different than what we would normally have on the show, but I wanted to have you on because I actually use JotForm, and so I want to talk a little bit about reasons why people might want to use JotForm, your role, and maybe some different ways to use the different types of forms that you guys have. So before we get into all that good stuff, Balut, can I get an oh yeah? Oh Yeah. Nice, nice. And so, tell <laughs> us about your role at Jobform. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be
1: here to begin with. So, I'm the VP of Enterprise Growth here at Jobform. So, it's mainly what I do is growth marketing, but tuned in for
0: B two B type of businesses mainly. Got it. Very cool. How long has Jobform been around?
1: Jobform has been around for the last like since 2006, 17 years.
0: What made you want to work with Jobform?
1: Well, it's been three years from entrepreneurship to product management. I've done a lot of stuff. I mean, I've come from technical side, development, software engineering and all. So I started here as a strategist to talk about the roadmaps of products and et cetera. And then it evolved into a growth marketing role. And then it was really the time when I started to love the work because it's all about finding new people that would use Jotform as we believe what we do is helping people shape their businesses and all. So the more people you find, eventually you make more money, that's something good, but like you also help more people. So that was actually, I can say the main driver.
0: Now, what in the world is growth marketing?
1: Yeah, it's actually a question that I get the most, to be honest with, because you know what marketing is, right? Like traditional marketing kind of, has uh, been out there since, you and I were probably not broken <laughs> over the surface of the, the world, right? So, growth marketing is kind of the more ZGen version of traditional marketing from where I look at it. It's actually older than that, but like it's actually marketing that you do by a lot of testing and by a lot of data engineering, meaning that you need to test, you need to shape what you do, you need to measure and then make decisions based on realistic data. That's growth marketing.
0: Got it. And what are some of the things that our listeners, are B2B founders, investors, and entrepreneurs, how can we leverage growth marketing in our businesses?
1: Well, again, I'll try to answer it from an entrepreneur's point of view going back in years. So the way I see the biggest value comes from is actually the amount of budget you have. Think about like you're against, assume that you have a startup, right? You're probably against some very big folks out there who has much bigger marketing spend, thousands of people doing something. So you need to be smart. You need to cherish every dollar you have. You need to work around every idea that you have. You need to make sure that it actually works and then you stop investing by seeing returns. Take an example from a non-tech startup. Say you're selling t-shirts, right? Out of glimpse, you can think of thousands of companies that sell t-shirts who has billions and millions of dollars in competition of what you can give. You need to deal with many stuff. And marketing comes as a surplus cost based on what you all have to deal with, but it actually makes the business or makes it fail. So think about coming up with a website, running a lot of different alternatives, testing them one by one, and then finding out a winner and then just pouring money over to that winner. Actually, this is where it could be really meaningful for a typical business owner.
0: What type of methodology or framework have you seen folks use well in order to leverage your platform?
1: Let me put it this way. I mean, JotForms' slogan used to be the easiest form builder in the world, like two, three years ago. And we've been changed it to powerful forms, get it done. So this, I think, underlines the framework out there. Because what we see is that like people, I mean, we are mainly selling forms, but we also have a lot of products around the forms. So we have Google Sheet-like table solution. We have a workflow automation where We have an inbox solution that lets you navigate your forms, data as if that's that you're in Gmail, in like many products in line. So it stems from the idea of that you don't just collect data to collect data, right? Like you just want to actually work the data. You need the data for some specific purpose, but just collection of the data doesn't make you achieve anything. That's why... I mean, the products actually were built over the years, over this last 17, 16 years, is actually around this idea, which is actually the foundation of the same framework. So you collect data, but on the background, you have a business process. You have something in mind. So, I mean, if you look at it from framework's perspective, you need to start by drawing your business process on a paper on some software etc and then try to comprehend it as if that's kind of an app like you need to think about anything that you use a banking application right like you put in your credit card information but the aim is to deposit some money so when you start to look at it like you understand the full image of what you're trying to achieve and then try to fill the gaps and the next stage becomes shortening the time to collect work with that data eventually making you Have a better day, less time spent over a computer doing manual stuff.
0: Got it. What's your more popular form types? I know what I mainly used it for is I had several different service offerings and I use it as basically my service selection and checkout form. Do you have like a top three of types of forms that people are using?
1: I would say payment forms and it's kind of leading the way like forms that are that you use to call like payments, because it's, again, it's a big deal. And like we offer 50 plus different payment gateways, integrations. So like it kind of acts you like a solution that actually sells stuff. So that's one of the top use cases. I mean, of course, you would see a lot of questionnaires, surveys, contact forms, like regular, I would say, Business process, let's say management cases would come, but it's really generalistic given that we have 18 million users. So there are 18 million different use cases. But one of the, let's say, after the COVID era, one of the biggest stars amongst the group was actually healthcare organizations collecting HIPAA compliant data because it's a hard thing to deal with. We are able to offer this for a really affordable amount of money. That's why it's kind of the rising star. And yeah, I mean, obviously these three would be leading the way.
0: Got it. So talk a little bit more about data collection. I know that's basically what you guys are in the business of, right? Is collecting data in an efficient manner. Talk about how important that is for business owners to be able to collect data efficiently.
1: I mean, what type of business you're running? I mean, you have to collect data. I like to put it this way. It's like human communication, right? I mean, human communication is just collecting data and responding to something. So, from given any type of business that you didn't do, you need to get some source of requests from your customers and like deliver them something. Say that could be a service or a technology product, whatever. So the best way, collect that data, you can either talk to them on the phone, you can get them send you emails, but once you try to categorize this data and you know, want to navigate it within it easily, it's actually where the forms come to play because you make people reach out with a structured data set and it makes your life much easier. So, I mean, this is like the biggest uplift that we see is actually this. But there is also another type that we see a lot is the businesses that use paper-based forms and like paper-based data collection. So, I mean, they are not reliable in the era of internet. It's not possible for you to, for example, me reaching you out has been done over a form, right? I mean, I can probably do the same with you and mail you, I don't know, maybe tie it to the leg of a pigeon (laughs) and it would take a couple of weeks. So these two combined would be the biggest, let's say, uplifts that phone brings. Also on top of, I mean, just going back to what I said, all the things that you could do after collecting data becomes much easier to handle over electronic environments if the
0: platform is kind of assisting it, so yeah. So let's talk software as a service for a second. A lot of my listeners are SaaS founders and service providers. So JotForm is essentially, in my mind, software as a service, right? You're providing a platform that you would have normally had to have human hands do. What are some of the things that over the years JotForm has found helpful to grow that SaaS platform?
1: Yeah, at the core of JotForm is actually, I mean, this may sound very marketing cliche, but it actually isn't. But like Jotform built everything from product to its marketing departments, sales organizations, based on the customer. Because at the essence, like the company is actually founded by our current CEO, like in 2006, to solve his own problem. So he found the Jotform. Like he needed forms, and it was really a big pain in the ass back in the day. Just think about 2006 to build the forms. So he built Jotform. So. This kind of became the philosophy of company. So we tried to do everything that the customers asked for. I mean, if you check Jotform, so like we have more than 100 integrations, more than 200 widgets. So, I mean, there are even widgets that we built. Being only by. I mean, just think about it. we're a platform who has 18 million users. We have built widgets just for two, three different companies asking for it. This actually lies at the core of JobForms Group. I mean, even the content we generate, advertising we do, all comes revolving just by the communication with the customer. That's the biggest recommendation that I can make.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, Bullet, here. So a lot of my listeners, in addition to being founders, CEOs, investors, they also host podcasts. What are some ways that podcasters that are listening to this can use Jobform?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, I would say, I think, like, big fan of your episode. So, I mean, there is no time gap that you do skip any week or time frame. I mean, you're constantly producing content. So I assume you have a lot of people reaching you out. You need to keep a very heavy schedule. You need to kind of put stuff on your agenda, etc. That's actually for the podcast also, like the big, and you can just do all of them in Java. So you can give your attendees, let's say. When people trying to reach you out a form and that would get added onto your calendar automatically and you can just move them out respond them over that calendar that we provide and then it's like having your own assistant forms combined with workflows could actually i don't know if you have an assistant some people do some does it but like gilfone can act like your assistant to manage all the schedule
0: Very cool. That's helpful. I know you're right. I do get a lot of outreach and uh, folks that want to be on the show. So being organized and having that systematized is definitely a plus. What are some of the business lessons that you've learned throughout your time at Jobform?
1: Yeah, I cannot say that you know what I'm going to say only belongs to Jobform, but like overall sense of my entire career, I would say it actually goes to the same point: telling the truth to your customers is the biggest lesson that i learned even if you have something lacking i don't know maybe you just did something wrong or like just something good you need to be honest with your customers the people who are paying you money this helps you establish a sort of let's say communication with them a relationship with them so that like you're able to understand them what they need they being more open to you and as a result like if you're unable to return what they ask for There is still some room to cover that because you're honest with them. So this is the biggest thing that I learned in the last 15 years, I can say.
0: Got it. What about a life lesson? Something you've learned about life over the course of your career?
1: Yeah, family comes first. (laughs) That's what I can say. Always. I mean, that's a business podcast. We are all business people, but always. I mean, there was this saying that I heard years ago. I don't even remember who told me this. It never left me. Like it goes something like this: um, The job doesn't make the man, meaning that like the awful hours that you have from your wherever you work, your own company being an employee summer, your startup this is actually if you understand that you're working for those occasions, you actually become a more productive
0: person in the work, because family comes for family, friends, etc got it one thing that i wanted to ask you a lot of times when with platforms especially that are the size that you guys are they have a tendency to grow in different directions and not but it seems like you guys have really done a good job of focusing on your core competency in your growing is that intentional or are you guys constantly think thinking of ways to expand and grow the business but still staying true to your core competency
1: so in years' time, we've seen that like every use case we have, I mean, because we're a job form, it makes sense. We are a form builder company. We even have an e-sign solution. We have a workflow process management solution, etc. But we've seen that whatever you use, say if we had a different workflow solution, a business process management solution like SAP, let's say a different CRM solution or an e-sign company, form is the common denominator of all these products because we need to collect some data. This is actually what we have been thinking, you know, talking internally, but it's actually what we've seen coming from customers as well. For example, we have job form sign and eSign solution. We have job form tables, like a Google Sheet solution, like a spreadsheet actually. So actually, when you think about, like you need to put data to a spreadsheet, right? So forms could be used there, or like for eSign, you need to collect some data so that they could fill or they come up with the agreement. So Form is actually a common denominator of all communications. That's all businesses. That's why it all evolved around this. So it was kind of organic and intended in the same time.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. So what's next for JotForm? Continue to do yeah. more in the form space or what's on the development roadmap that yeah, you can uh, share?
1: <laughs> yeah, we are a company that launches new features every month, new products every year, a lot of them. For example, just last year alone, we launched this e-sign solution. We launched an approval process builder solution, etc. But this year, there are going to be some big announcements, like new products that we will announce. But I would say, because I'm here, we see a big opportunity—not like opportunity, but like growth. New ways to help people out there are the enterprises using Jotform because they use Jotform as teams, as big organizations. They have their own security rules it's much harder for them to collect data. So a couple of years ago, we launched Jotform Enterprise, and this is one of the flagship products that's driving us right now because let me see, these bigger companies, it's a bigger problem, so they need to be handled with their own, let's say, solutions provided by us. That I can say, and I don't know, maybe if it could give it some hints
0: for the future. Got it. Now, how do you decide which other platforms you integrate with? Is that just basically feedback from customers or how do you guys go about that?
1: Mainly feedback from customers. I mean, they tell us what they need. Just think about an 18 million user funnel. So we get thousands of feedback every day. We are melting them in a single pot and see which one is requested most, which one is the easiest to implement. That's one approach. The other one is actually checking out for some strategical alignments and then like if they make sense we reach out to them even though if there are no requests coming from the customers
0: got it makes sense well malut this has been fantastic i appreciate the time if folks want to reach out to you learn more about job form and what you guys do how can they do that
1: my linkedin is easiest to find me with
0: and i'm always online (laughs) got it cool thank you so much for your time If you got value from today's show, we want you to join the Enterprises Elite email list for more nuggets and resources. And remember, no excuses, just execution. Go get it. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something.